0: I'd I forgot even had that in my panic. <gasps> that's the craziest part, man. Uh, if Joe flecked my ear, I'd probably can't come in a fourth half. What's going on everybody? Uh just finally getting back to the office. I've been gone for, for quite a while, um, all over the place really. But uh I, I've got two people on right now um, that uh, wealth of knowledge and, and different perspectives uh, that I really wanted to get on here before I headed back out again. Uh, one is uh, Cody Greenwood with Trad Lab, and uh, the other is Troy or the Ranch Ferry. Um, Troy's down in Texas. Cody, I think, well, Cody, you live in Kansas, but you're in Oklahoma right now. Um, Troy and I have done uh, or did a podcast not too long ago. Uh, Cody and I worked together quite a bit. Got a lot of feedback, a lot of positive feedback uh, from, from podcasts I've done with both of these guys, but it seems what I'm hoping to do is structure this podcast to where I can just send people to it because some people aren't grasping maybe the big concept and pros and cons and things like that. So I appreciate both of you guys coming on here. Uh, hopefully we don't ramble on, on too much.
1: <laughs> no problem. It's inevitable.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. Uh well first uh Cody on, on your end, you have been doing a bunch of push force uh studies, um, you know, various different things, uh really no different, just kind of structured differently than than what I do or or, or what Troy does. Um Cody, you and I had just went on um uh where we both had shot Buffalo a few different days apart. Uh I'd shot an owl dad, some other stuff. Um you know I shot an elk recently. Um, Cody, you just shot a white tail, um, Troy, I'm sure in and out, you're doing all kinds of crap as well. Um, with the collective of experiences here, um, the one thing, you know, that people seem to, um, get hung up on is, is, you know, the different broadhead configurations, different arrow configurations. So I have a list of questions I want to ask you guys and we can kind of pick each one apart. Um, meaning why I prefer one thing over another, Um, you know, my concept behind that. Um, I will say out of the gate, I'm more of a happy medium guy. You know, I think people really need to uh, not be on one far end of the extreme or the other, meaning two light arrows are really bad. Really heavy arrows can be bad. Um, But when you start to dissect that, the fletchings, the FOC, the broadhead configuration, three-blade, two-blade bleeders, shit like that. Um, in reality, you put an arrow where it's supposed to go. The animal's going to die. Um, but there's a lot more to it than that when you wind out about it. So I'm just kind of go around the horn here. Uh, Cody, right, right now, um, what would you prefer? What would your optimal setup be? And this is going to be for a stick with you. What's your optimal setup out of the bow you're currently shooting hunting bow? Uh, meaning, you know, your, your fletching configuration, what broadhead would you want and what arrow weight?
2: it's currently changing, but I ordered last night actually, um, you know, based on the, the information that we, we got over the weekend, I'm, I'm changing what I'm going to shoot a little bit. Uh, I am going with, uh, the, it's the deep impact version, but it's uh, an instinct. So it's that smaller diameter, a little bit, uh, that has that trad faux wood on it, just because it's cheaper than the actual, uh, deep impact. And I'm moving down to 125 grain heads just so I can get a diverse, range of heads to test but I am moving to three blades from two blades and then I also picked up a few of the wider and longer four blades to test that's what I'll be moving to for the rest of the season hopefully I can get some some data but I've, I've, I've recorded two blade um, kills now for, for quite a while and kind of had a paradigm built around that until this weekend so you know every time I learn I realize how much I don't know so I'm moving toward towards the three blades right now. I've got 125 grain woodsman's that were coming that aren't, um, oh God, the word escapes me, dented. They're solid. And then I have the 125 grain uh, cutthroat three blade that are already shipped. That's the plan.
0: Gotcha. And how, what's your bow poundage and arrow weight? Um, I'm going to be,
2: both the wood and the ILS are, are right at 48, 50 pounds, and my arrow weight is going to usually be somewhere around the, not because I get it there, um, but it usually falls around 11 uh, to 12 grains, you know, per pound. Uh, the arrows that I was just uh, shooting this weekend were the the Black Eagle Vintage, and they came in at 607 uh, for the test. But for my, if I'm going to go out in, you know, Oklahoma where it's going to get 25, 30 yards for some of the shots it's going to be a little bit lighter
0: gotcha um uh troy and this one you and i'll kind of bounce back and forth on a little bit just because of the compound yeah. and the trad thing um i think yep. people realize you and i's setups are probably a little bit closer than they maybe had thought um <laughs> yeah so, so some of that's perception some of it's also me throwing out smart ass comments about 800 grain arrows but I,
1: I, You're not the only one, Aaron. It's fine. <laughs> well, the memes, the memes are fantastic. Just
0: because I have shot 800 great arrows and killed stuff doesn't mean that's all I do. I, it's just I, fun. I saw some pretty funny ones with you and I after the podcast. But I know it was great. Uh, you know, for for most people in that 28, 29 inch draw, again, these are you know you go really you know a really short draw, a really lighter bow. The only option you have is load up the weight. But you know, for most yeah. people with a compound. 28 29- inch draw, around 70 pounds, I, I kind of prefer guys to be in that 475 range or more. I think okay. you're, you're a little bit heavier, so kind of, you know, your optimal setup for most compound guys.
1: The wow factor started for me five years ago when I intentionally started testing on pigs at the ranch just as like a laboratory experiment. I went from try- I've never tried to be a hunting channel. I've always said, I've legit got, I can make the damn thing show up. And they're going to be at tail distances, which is 90% of bow hunting, it seems like. And I can test all kind of stuff, right? So I do remember the wow factor starting at 550. I literally remember that. Throw a 100 grain insert in, go cut on contact, and all of a sudden, that the performance on meat and live hunting situations, including the animals moving as the arrow approaches changed dramatically. The sound of impact went down. I had arrows flying through stuff when I used to get, you know, fletchings in them and all the way to, you know, impact thorax. I started whistling arrows through stuff and I went, wow, this is 2016, 2015 when I was wandered off all by myself. On the broadhead thing, the more I do this, You and I talked about this in the podcast, and please listen to this. It's I think it's the more I do this and the more I test, it's all about that blade quality and its ability to withstand impact and stay sharp. That's that's really bubbling to the top. So elk are muddy, moose aren't you know very nice. Mountain goats have gigantic a a lot of hair to impact right. What mule deer and whitetail deer relatively thin thorax animals with not a lot of bulk to them to eat the arrows on impact. But as your quality of the broadhead goes up, your ability to sharpen, which you and I talked about and said about 800 times in the last podcast, really nobody heard that and have that sharp edge hold. And it has to cross the whole thorax, the whole wound channel, the maximum amount of damage. I, I really the more I do this, that is a huge problem that can be solved pretty easily with higher quality stuff. And
0: we'll get into the uh, unsharpened, sharpened portion here because we did a little testing with that. I shot one broadhead out of the package that's pretty well-known head and shot one I sharpened, you know, like double the penetration pretty easily, same shot. Yeah, sure. um, All day long. With what – I would not uh, argue with what – Uh, Troy had just said, as far as the 550 range, where I try to become the voice of of reason for for people is the the 475 thing for me is that happy medium of uh, speed, sound, um, momentum. But as you go heavier, you definitely will zip through things more. Where I think people get discombobulated is you said it yourself. These were controlled environments. And you got, you know what right. I mean, 20 yards or close, you know, relatively close, mm-hmm. where you get yep. in the cliffs, you need to make that decision. When I say cliffs, you know, you start getting out west a little bit farther shots. Where is that varying difference going to lie of what you're comfortable with? And this is just straight up speed and arrow weight. Are you wanting to stay? Do, at, go ahead. Do, do elk and real deer jump much? So it's really I not. See, I don't
1: see elk jumping on video. I moving say, much. I They just take it like a man.
0: Well, and I was going to say, when I say speed, it has nothing to do with the animal moving because nothing we shoot is faster than the speed of sound. No, that's
1: right. And you don't know how much they're going to move. No. But f- I can promise you, Aaron, if I back up, I did this, actually. I used to have all my stands at 25, and I moved them into 15, mm-hmm. and I,
0: even my guests are more lethal because the stupid pigs can't move Oh yeah, that what, much more. What, what I'm talking right. about, though, is, is Troy's beside me. We're on a mule deer hunt. We yep. creep up, the deer's at 22. It blows yep. out and stops at 35 to 40-ish. We don't right. have time to range. Right. Your, your, your speed is going to carry you a bit more uh, as far as being off on yardage estimation. Yeah, I got you. I, okay. I, yeah. you well, I'm glad you brought that up because I don't the, – the animal moving shit is shoot a quiet bow – you know hope for the fucking best right they're going to get out of the way if they want to but yeah the closer you get obviously the better chance you have of hitting them i'm talking about the no tree stand hunting we're in the cliffs we're we're on the ground yeah that is where i and i got a ton of questions about this why are you different than ranch ferry of that it's not the arrow weight it's the don't tell them you're shooting 580 aaron the, Don't say uh, that out loud. 585, man. And it's slower than shit because that's out of my stick bow. Because right, you're crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, again, Cody, what do you think
1: about the, are you, Cody, have you seen, the? have you studied any of the blade degradation or, I call it, you know, blade erosion stuff. Have you, have you delved in, in, in any of that? Yeah. And uh, I have extensively in the lab.
2: And then on this recent test, I have, you know, I tracked. I Remembered each head. Hold, I hold, hold on,
0: God damn it! See, we're skipping ahead. Wait a minute, Troy. Don't jump the gun, because that's <laughs> that's something all by itself. This is important because people, Troy, would you lighten up lighter than five fifty if you were hunting on the ground more, or would you just make sure you never took a shot within reason without ranging it, or would you lighten it up a little bit and just shoot an amazing? fixed blade, cut-on contact head, uh, and go a little bit lighter if you're hunting on the ground more. And when I say hunting on the ground, you know what I'm saying. Cliffs, prairie, whatever.
1: Well, I have the, I have the luck of shooting the easy V sight so ranging doesn't matter. And I would probably shoot about 600 grains if I go out west because I'd still be running that 200-grain head.
0: So so for like a, But I'd have a
1: 55-yard boat shooting 600 grains. That so, wouldn't be a problem.
0: But you would, you would, you would choose a slower bow and not worry about yardage estimation, rather than a faster bow, uh, and maybe a little more, uh, you know, a little more cushion on the yardage estimation.
1: Well, I so I err on the side of the 3D guys in that question. And when you go to 3D tournaments, everybody's shooting 36, 39 inch axle to axles, axles because guess what, they're more stable. And then the same guy will go bow hunting and buy a 29 inch axle axle bow because it's a hunting bow. And it's, I'm I, I need to explore that more because I'm really so, not that well versed in that. But I go to 3D tournaments and I'm amazed what I see for the guys shooting far.
0: Well, and he, here's where the question I'm bringing up to you. I've had literally some of the best hunters and and tournament archers on the podcast. Mm-hmm. They all shoot between yep. 425 and 450. They also okay. are very good at hitting where they're aiming at, which people have to listen that. to that too. And yep. they are very choosy with their shots. They very when I say that meaning they're well when you know Bill Palagrino and um, uh, what's his name um, McCarthy, Danny McCarthy, both four twenty five, mm-hmm. four fifty guys, but they are some of the most accurate hunters that I've seen. Not turn you know I don't want to hear any guys well foam smoke no these guys have. Both Bill Pellegrino's trophy room shadows, I mean, it crushes most people. He's had very good luck. That's awesome. But Bill can shoot, right? So there's got to be that, that variance. That's why I'm more of the 47500 guy. What I'm wondering well, is, Troy, would you change after five years on the ground and be like, fuck a 600-grain arrow. I'm going to shoot a really sharp, perfectly flying head. I want a little more speed, or will you stay with it?
1: That's where I need even, to go. I need to go
0: do it. Well, answer in a, the question. In a, the you know, thing, a,
1: go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, no, it's fine. I just, uh, I, I don't have that experience, right? Yeah. I don't, I can admit that I don't, I, I'm very much like a white hunter, and it doesn't matter. You can just shatter them. And so I don't have but, the, the expense of that. Like I said, I can, I know I can shoot in 3d. I shoot 55 or 60 with a 600 grand
0: arrow through my, you know, very, stable elite that i shoot i just and i'm not saying this to well you and i brains don't work that much different i'm not saying this to bash you i'm saying this for people yeah. listening that are going on a western high country mule deer hunt that have listened to the ranch Ferry and loaded up a 600 grain arrow and then messaged me oh. back and say that was stupid and i'm like well it was your <laughs> choice you yeah. if you hit it in the scapula it probably wouldn't have been as stupid but you made a perfect shot, and it flew right under it because your yardage was off. Again, you you know, people base a lot of things off their previous experiences, just like war. They went out, they hit the scapula, shot a mechanical <laughs> air didn't go through, and then holy shit, they're shooting a 600 grand. Somewhere in the middle there is probably the best solution. Right. Now, so what do you all
1: do on the with the stick bows? Let's just go to the ultimate,
0: you know, bad... You know, loppy ass arrow that you got to be even more precise with us than a compound. So on, and that's a good question. And you'll see, like my, because
1: they're really slow compared to. And you and I, you and I,
0: you said your point on is like thirty five. I think you yeah, said that's yeah. that's your goal. Yeah, thirty thirty right now, thirty three to thirty five.
1: Well, Cody, uh, what is do you do you shoot point on or do you shoot you walk it or yeah I build, you shoot? I build my arrows now for thirty five after
2: the mule deer experience last year.
1: Okay, so you guys have to be real good. So you're not shooting 475 grains.
0: But we don't have the technology. Does the rationale work in both ways? No, it doesn't. And and this is where I really wanted to dive into this particular portion. Let's roll that
1: freaking thing out there.
0: (laughs) No, this is important, but we do not have the technology of a compound bow. And that technology carries you a little, meaning – When you're a female, uh, you know, somebody injured and you go to lower poundage, Troy is right. You don't have a choice. You have got to shoot a heavy arrow. But when you take technology into that with compounds, you can give up some momentum and you gain back some of the technology or the speed, meaning you don't have to shoot a heavy arrow to go straight through it. A heavier arrow, heavy ish arrow is going to help. And this is questions I got that were definitely guys in the Ranch Ferry team. Well, your yep. stick bow slow, and it's sh- you're shooting a 585-grain arrow. And I'm like, yeah. And I shot mm-hmm. the same weight out of my compound. I go through just about anything. Um, mm-hmm. But I was shooting 85, 90 pounds. So do the math. On a compound, if I took from 85 to 70 pounds, my arrow would go from 575 to 625, and it would go down to 475 wow. to 525 because for me – I want to be around 280 in speed and I want to be a 475 or above an arrow weight. Uh, you know, and if I land around 280, that's where I want to be. Now you roll out the stick bow side of things. We don't have the technology. We've got to shoot a heavy, heavy ish arrow. There's no way around it. But when an animal runs to from 26 to 37, and i've I have to range it. I don't have a choice. I mean, I can wing one at it, right, but but to be ethical i I've got to range it to know where to put my point. That's where the compound and the speed comes into play. You got a lot more variance' because rather than hundred and eighty feet per second you're shooting <sighs> two eighty and it, 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 am I making sense of that at all troy uh, on your side you yeah. know that
1: what's the what's the drop i mean what's so if you had an eight inch circle? Cody, maybe you can answer this. Have you put a stick bow like in a hooter shooter? I don't even know if you can do that. Something that's stable so that the shooter's out of the deal and find out what your, you know, do you have a yard of distance to be right or do you have four or do you have half at 35 yards of what y'all are shooting stick bow-wise? How much, I can you know, tell how you good on, do
0: you have to be? On my end, Cody, go ahead, and I'll see if I line up with where you're at.
2: You, you will. Go ahead because you'll be able to line it out more towards toward a human shooter than a hooter
0: shooter and then i'll jump in yeah and the the human shooter if you're good enough is you know the hooter shooter is a little better um so a yard at 37 yards is uh you know within reason 8 to 12 inches okay so significant um and, and you know you break down all of these things neither one is wrong right a 550 grain arrow is not wrong or or heavier But a 475, I mean, it's not wrong either. The lighter the arrow you go, the more accurate you have to be. And that was some of the questions and comments I got. Well, not every arrow is accurate. Can we all agree nothing is going through the knuckle? No. Okay. Can we all agree nothing is going through the T of a scapula? Well, with meat and hair. I, nothing's going through that. I just tried on an owl, dad, trying to anchor the fucker, shit my pants, and it stopped it immediately and abruptly. Can can we all agree a good arrow will go through the scapula of a of a mule deer or a whitetail in the happy place of a scapula? If you you, I think you call it the vital V, which it used to be the golden triangle. And actually, the vital V is nothing but ribs. But yes, on the flat of a scapula, you, if you can't get through a whitetail deer, right. you gotta
1: you gotta look. You gotta do something.
0: But if you you don't always hit the vital V, the and I Cody and I talked about this last <gasps> night. the The far edge of the vital V is getting into scapula. If you're off, right. But if you hit the vital V or the golden triangle, you're good. You're, you're money. Yeah. But yeah. if you're off a little, with the right setup, can we agree you're probably going to go through that scapula with a good weighted arrow and good speed and a good broadhead. Yeah, sure, of course. Okay. I got no problem with that. I think the biggest question here, and Cody, you can throw in your two cents, is wh- where I try to explain to people: Do you want to gain a little speed and less momentum, or do you want to gain more momentum and less speed? That is a personal choice for people to to make. I'm not going to argue with you, Troy. A heavier arrow penetrates better. Anybody says any difference, it's selling something. I mean, yeah. it, it does. You got to take that into consideration when you're going for your setup. Like I said, something about a 750 grain arrow, and you had your little joker laugh, and you're like, "Nope, Thousand. Well, I can't really argue yeah, with you. Let's never, I, thousand. Let's just, I can't let's I, jump I, it. I've never hunted African game. I can't really mm-hmm. argue with you because I've never done it. Um, and 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 when I say I've never done it, I shot one tame Asian water buffalo in Texas once, and that was back yep. in the 375 to 425 <laughs> arrow days. Mm-hmm. Wasn't good. Wasn't good at all, right? Well, they're just big. Yeah. You know, they're just, they're just big.
1: They're just, it's a different class of, of stuff. So, so. I think oh, for uh, the best, the best
2: approach for a trad shooter, Aaron, and because you're trying to choose an extreme of one side or the other is always going to end up in, in a fail. So trying to get people to show people a method to find optimal for them is the key here. And the best thing you can do is um you know have a have a target like set up as if you were gonna do walk back tuning. Figure out what your trajectory is and then understand what your yardage estimation error is and then try to build an arrow that compensates for your ability to judge yardage. If you're if you're a human rangefinder and you've got it within a yard, then you can build a heavier arrow. <clears throat> if you're not a human rangefinder like me and and you say, all right, I know when it's 20 to 23, I can be up to three yards off. That's a clean mess. I've got to get something a little flatter to compensate for my error. And that's how I set my arrows up whenever I'm hunting by myself. If yeah. I'm going somewhere where I'm with you and I've got the human rangefinder with me and you're whispering yardage, and then then I can go a little heavier. But that's the trade off that we have to make. And studying in absolutes is a waste of, waste of time. You have to kind of build optimum around the capability. And that's you yeah. also have
1: the the secondary component of, and I don't know how many trad shooters do this, but really taking the time to bear shaft a stick uh, really God makes you a it. good nope. shot. You're
0: skipping it's ahead. amazing. You're skipping ahead, Troy. We're trying to make okay this a tier t- the, a tier basis because the arrow flight is insanely huge. But we'll get we'll get to that here in a in in, okay. a, in a second. Um, okay. And I only say that because and I want to make sure each part of this is covered point a to b and, and, and we go through uh so we're, we're not going too many wormholes because he's 100 percent right okay um so so having said like i don't think you're going to agree that you might go to 475 uh to 500 but would you say a 475 to 500 grain arrow doing 280 feet per second with a good cut on contact broadhead is going to do the job for most um North American game, uh, as long as you are, you know, just cheating into the scapula a little bit, not hitting the beefy yeah, right. portion.
1: Yeah, you, quarter and two shots, you need to be very careful with that. And everything else, you, should be, you, you will be fine. We know that we, you can just go to YouTube and watch it all day long, right? Now, the shots that hit on the crease, lower one-third, most things go zipper right through that stuff.
0: When, so absolutely. What, what are you hitting um, where that 550 plus, what are you going to hit where that's going to make a difference?
1: You're going to hit, you're go- the statula is going to be no problem. If you go single bevel and you spine one, you're going to cut it in half. So there's some extra, you know, juju there that you can get. And then really on a bull elk? Uh, um, you probably need to be over 600 for a hard quartering two shot if you're going to try to shatter something.
0: Well, and but, now let let's clarify that hard quartering two. You're not you're not taking a frontal shot. You're sneaking it into no, the meat and scapula in hopes to get liver, lung, or lung, lung.
1: Or you aim at what aim at the heart and hope to cut off the top. You know, piece of the stab and go th- go on through. So I see this a lot. I don't like I said I have no experience out west, but through the hunting public and watching you guys and all that, there's a there's a load of cold elk that come into 18 and stand there quarter and two. They're not going to walk in with their ass to you. They're coming in to fight, right?
0: I take a lot of so front a, shots. Yes, you are. You know,
1: correct. I know and, and you're not afraid. So because you're shooting 580 and the dwell time is really good on that heavier arrow, but I You and I talked about this on the last podcast. I'm going elk hunting next year, and I'm going to run 600 grains, and I'm going to give up 40, and I'm just going to hunt short. I'm going to hunt more like you guys do. I'm just going to stay close. I'm just not going to worry about shooting far. I
0: I would agree with everything Troy just said as far as the cornering to heavier arrow uh, scapula shit. I'm not disagreeing with that. Cody, would you agree with that?
2: Yeah, I've taken that shot. On if you're comfortable making that shot, take the shot. I've taken it, and I had good success with
0: it. And a heavier arrow is going to give you more variance uh, in, in um, objects you don't want to be hitting. Again, that's right. As I say that, if that fucking elk, when you draw, runs out to 42, yep. Troy lobs an arrow and hits under it. Troy it's Troy. Okay, gonna- Is Troy going to say "Uh, maybe I should go a little lighter next year? Is Troy? No, I'm confident. Doesn't the point is is you when people decide they need to decide do they want a little? You should never go with the light arrow. I'll say that. But will you potentially go a little bit, a little bit more, uh, you know, freewheeling on, you know, a little bit more buffer on the speed or a little bit more buffer on the hit? Personal choice. Now. As we're going, through. I'm an imp-
1: I'm an impact guy. Well, so I yeah. start at I start at the armor, and I back up and shoot things till the armor gets broken. Right. And That's how my head works. Yeah. And and Rocket it, Man's demented me in that fashion because when he was working for the DOD, they had the armor, and they knew what the armor was. Yeah. And so they would back up X distance, and they would start shooting projectiles at it, and figure out how to break the armor because. When you shoot at a tank and it bounces off, they shoot back. It's terrible for business yeah. when somebody shoots back at them, right? So my brain starts at the armor, and then I try to figure out what's going to go through the armor and then deliver it. Right. And this conversation kind of goes around people are just concerned about hitting them, and we're going there. I get that. But will it penetrate the armor? And I'm, I get accused a lot of saying, "Hey, just shoot them right in the knuckle every time, try to break their spine." That's such BS. So, so we're aiming for the vital V. It, I, I heard, when you turn it loose, you will never control what's going to happen after that. The animals have a vote.
0: No, they do. Now, the one thing I will say, I I heard a podcast snippets of it because I I think people think I thought that was directed towards me. It was something on the meat eater. And somebody said something people are focusing on hitting the animal. Well, there's two ways to look at that. If you hit it right, it's going to kill it really no matter how, as long as you set up half ass decent. Um, I, I, did, I did find some of this some, somewhat comical because total combined of everybody on that podcast has shot far less uh, elk than, than me and multiple other people. So you guys are catering for the world's worst situation. And I'm carrying right. for, and I'm I'm kind of I'm 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 I more cater to the happy medium of momentum, speed and everything else. You know what I mean? And there's nothing wrong mm-hmm. with either one. But mm-hmm. I have drawn back on Elk at sixteen yards where they've bounced out to forty many, many, many times. They stop well, and give you that, that second man. look, and I'm like, uh, oh, is that thirty-six? Is it forty-four? throw my 40 on its heart hope for the best let's let her rip you can potentially miss more faster arrow or a slower arrow than you could hitting one now if you hit it wrong you may be Snyder's full of shit I should have shot a 600 grain arrow and I would have went through whatever it was you you hit
1: well see that's where it's not fair to be us be the influencers right because you have to you have to be an adult and accept what you've chosen
0: you my, dad always, that. my dad beat me over the head with that
1: when I was a child, Yeah, right? So live with your, your decision. And you know, I, like I said, I'm an armor guy, so I'm going to try to penetrate the armor and I'm going to plan for maybe something hard and, and, and aim for perfect. Right. I want it to just zip through and they go forward and go down every time. I don't, I don't want bones. No, and I, then I'm going to figure out how to deliver it. And then I'm going to make, like I told you, I'm going to make the decision. I'm going to set up a 40 yard setup because I'm not that good really far. And I'm going to hunt more like a stick bow with a compound. And I'm just going to shoot a 600-grain arrow. And if I get a 55-yard shot and I can't, I'm just going to say I'm not shooting. It is what it is.
0: But I'm grown up enough to do that. Now, And the, so the same thing can be and, said, though, for, um, I mean, actually, multiple guys said the same thing on the lighter arrow, more speed, is... Um, I am just not McCartney's going to shoot. McCarthy's really
1: disciplined, right? Yeah. So he's a disciplined, angled shooter. Yep, yeah. That's a smart guy. I mean, duh. Look at his trophy wall, right?
0: Yeah. And, and, and as I told him, I will take that shot because I'm shooting 85 pounds and <laughs> a very heavy arrow. There are shots I will take. He will not because um, when I say discipline you know, or whatever, I, yeah. I know what I can go through.
1: Yeah. There's no doubt. You just got to go find out.
2: Cody,
0: what were you going to say cody?
2: I just I want to make sure that I think there's two maybe my theory is there's two problem statements because I listened to Ashby in that interview as well where he said they're either trying to kill it or trying to hit it and and I don't have i don't I can't account for all the variation, but I have enough data to say conclusively that if you hit the animal in a vital you're you're gonna collect the animal uh and that hitting the animal is the problem statement not gaining penetration on the animal after you hit it. Maybe that's in trad and maybe in com- the compound world, the problem statement is not hitting it. It's getting the penetration. I don't know what's driving that disconnect, but it is very, very clear. And I'll go to study with anybody that wants to. If you hit an animal in the vital with a trad bow, um, it's it's lethal. It's, um, the problem isn't that people are, Hitting animals and they're not dying and, and they're not harvesting their animal. The problem is people are missing their animal. So building an arrow that alleviates the main problem statement, which is missing, is is geared more toward optimal. And that that's the disconnect between what you two are saying. I don't know if there needs to be a simpler way to put that so people can get it, but it is absolute. I'm absolutely certain of this, and I'll go up against anybody with whatever data they have. Let me shoot an animal in the lungs or the heart at 20 yards with any arrow that's pinned and any broadhead, and, and it's lethal. Lethality is not our problem. Being sold to us is a problem, but it's not. And maybe that's different because of compound versus trad. I
1: don't know. Well, troy- well we're troy- seeing troy- a troy- lot of low penetration, which is the consist- is the norm now with the speed and the ballistic coefficient issue. A little bit of drag, etc.
0: Mechanicals, some of the big Mechanical. Ride Aaron stuff.
2: <laughs> Mechanical. Aaron, did you, did you get more passes than not last year? I got more, I did too. Yeah. So, I don't understand the problem statement. That well, locality is a problem.
0: Human nature, think, you know, humans are problem. We are all We are the problem. So I mean, let's let's say, um, you know, as we're talking about this and hopefully this some of this is coming through because we're going to go to arrow flight components and broadheads here in a minute, that yeah. I think we can all say that anyone shooting a stick bow at 10 grains per pound and anyone shooting a compound with a speed of, let's say, 260 feet per second to 280 with an arrow weighing 475 grains to 600 within reason and decent shots. No one is going to have a problem with any of those, right? With when I say that, meaning where you run into the problem, and here's you know, you talk about the problem statement or whatever. I'm off by three yards and my arrow's really slow. I'm going to be the guy online saying whatever you can imagine, all the shit they say. Yeah, uh, right. And if I hit the scapula, and potentially could have gone through with a heavier arrow or a different broadhead. Then you would be coming and saying, um, I should have shot a heavier arrow rather than a faster one where I think this gets really effed up is when you watch TV shows and someone's shooting a 400 grain arrow with a rage, um, and the arrow goes through very little, the animal runs off and it's horrible penetration. Uh, immediately guys, uh, start to cater to the heavier side. um, some of that's arrow flight some of that's the fact it takes a hundred and some pounds to open a mechanical and push force um,
1: yeah the dwell time on those is really extreme as well it, 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 and I, so. I
0: i shot a lot of mechanicals when when i shot a compound but i also could could shoot them um, be, you know w- with my setup having said that um, mountain goats for example um I've not shot through many mountain goats with, well, I'm shot through any, and I've, I've guided several with a mechanical. Hair, the hair is thick. The yeah, it's got to be thin. like a springboard. I look at those things and go, holy smokes, man, that's kind got like a bounce board. It's, it, it's weird because you've got an animal that you can penetrate through the hide with a freaking pencil. Super yeah. thin hide. They, they suck to cape out, uh, especially when you have a client watching you. But they have hair, right? So the thing is, with a fixed blade, the moment it goes through that hair, which is fairly instantaneous, it's smooth sailing. The problem with a mechanical is that push force is crushed as it's opening because of the, the hair, not the hide. The hide is thin. You know, Do the, they have
1: wool against their skin, or is it all long hair?
0: Just all long hair. Okay so again things to think about like i would i would never tell a guy on a mountain goat hunt uh that he needs to shoot a 550 or 600 grain arrow if he's shooting 70 pounds in a 28 29 inch draw what i would say is you Mm -hmm. probably want to shoot a fixed blade because you're alleviating that that buffer hair cushion factor um yeah because those mechanicals slow down so much so as we're talking about mechanicals, let's get off the mechanical subject but talk about fixed blades. Um, okay. One of the things that, that, uh, that uh, the configuration of a broadhead, right, whether it be two blade, two blade with bleeders, um, uh, you know, three blade, however you want to look at it, the, pe- yeah. the, the penetration of those, the push force from one to the other varies from about four and a half, five pounds up to about 12, 10 to 12. Um, depending upon what you're going through, Cody, have you? Am I off on that? That's my redneck bathroom scale testing. Where where am I at on that, Cody, with what you've tested?
2: Yeah, we're within the we're in the same range there. I just want to point out because obviously I'm I'm a nerd. If you if you can influence that test based on the media that you're using, the media that I'm using to try to identify feral effect is different than the media that I would use or the coupons that I build to push through to test edge and edge retention. But yeah, in terms of push force, you're absolutely right. We got a range of around five pounds up to up to eleven point something, twelve pounds.
1: What surrogates are you using for those? Are you using hides and, and meat mostly or
2: No, for the coupons that I'm building in the lab, it's it's mm-hmm. foam, it's carpet, it's hemp rope, it's um P V C pipe, things of that nature that I can build and repeat and get a hundred right. shots off of and the push force instrument I have is rechargeable and I can take it to me with me in the field, um, which I'll hopefully do this December and get some, uh, get some field data So because there's so much variation. I need hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of data. Yeah. Right. So no,
1: no, there's no doubt about that. i just, you, you started out talking about you. Did you do a two blade test and now you're going to do a three blade test? Or did you find something in two blades you don't like and you're going to move to three or are you just yeah. being, I, being a nerd? Test, I've tested across uh 2 3 and and 4.
2: Now we'll, I'm getting more.
0: We'll we'll get to yeah. that in a sec from this weekend cuz I've always liked three blades. You give a little up on the the penetration side, though with a three blade mm-hmm. you gain back some in durability. Um with the right three blade anyway. Um which as we're going to what, what the testing I did was on hides. Um not meat, you know, meat's variable, meaning the hide can shift, but but muscle, you know, the shoulder shifts. People don't ever seem to take that into accountability, crushes whatever momentum you had when that yeah, arm's right. moving, and the, the the broadhead's in there. It's slowing some things down. Um, mm-hmm. When you look at the different um, broadhead configurations, this is much like heavier arrow or a little lighter and more speed. the The, the first thing is it needs to be sharp, which uh, seems should be go without saying, but All broadheads coming out of a package, a lot of them need to be sharpened. Not all. There, there, there are several companies that make great broadheads, razor sharp out of the package. Um, Correct. I guess I'll mention one. um, Annihilator broadhead. um, Mm -hmm. A a broadhead that was sent to me. The the broadhead uh, performs well. It's very durable. Uh, it definitely needs to be touched up out of the package. We did some testing with that. Uh, Troy, you had brought this up on our podcast, common sense. But for testing for testing purposes, I over-doubled penetration from factory sharpening out of the package to me sharpening it afterwards. Same broadhead.
1: Yeah, that's what Ed saw with four layers of you know hide from Asiatic Buffalo as well. Like a roughed-up edge was... Which is touted as a good thing. Uh, a file sharpened, you know, hairy, grippy edge it was really, really a poor performer. Arrow to arrow, same arrows, as opposed to a slick, stropped, you know, face shaving kind of deal. And I think, um, well, I, you
2: know, the he he four layers. Go of ahead, Cody. One. What? He tested four layers of height at once. Yes.
0: That's how I understood it. What he did was four layers of hide stacked on top of each other yep can, can, does
2: that increase the what I'm struggling with is does that does that increase the the, the magnitude of sharpness when you do that? I mean, I could stack leather and say sharpness my push force is extremely critical, or I could create leather that emulates an animal that I can infer from and say sharpness may not be as critical. That's the point I was making in how you test dictates or what you test on dictates the magnitude of each of these factors and sharpness can be uh can be really really magnified depending on the material you use and then feral can be missed uh if you can infer from four layers of hide to a white tail, that's fine i'm not i'm not in a position to argue that but it that doesn't that's the struggle i'm having with testing is that i can inflate the results if it doesn't match an animal so i'm trying um
1: well, his goal was,
2: match it to the so there's sure. a couple of
1: things there, and I've talked to him about this. You can't have the arrow go through and skip off the ground. And I don't know that in Australia, in the 80s, he had a block target that was as big as a car. So I think what he did was he got enough hide hanging, so it's inherently going to stop it by, it's going to shake. I'll call Ed and I'll clarify this. This is what I think. But... He, he was very insistent on trying to get the arrows to stop and get caught because you can't measure performance if you can't measure distance. That's why the buffaloes were so good with the stick bow. They tended to stop things. And secondarily, we can't have the arrows zip through and skip off the ground. because they, We're trying to figure this out with a foundation right now. We've got a place that wants us to trap a bunch of pigs and start doing testing when we shoot through a, like a thorax, let's say just testing on one single thorax or whatever, just arbitrarily, we're going to have to be able to catch it. And I think we're just going to put a target behind it and allow for that. But I get yeah. what you're saying. You can definitely jack with the test and make it whatever you want.
2: Yeah. I can make an iron wheel look like the greatest broadhead in the world, or I can make his wiki look like the worst broadhead in the world based on um, the, the media I use and, and the point you just made is very important for people that don't test to understand. The biggest challenge with lethality testing, other than getting a chance to, to harvest animals, yeah. is a pass through is no data. If I'm that's correct.
1: And people really think that's weird, but it's true. Yeah. You can't I'm measure just... <clears throat> arrow on arrow when you shoot through stuff. Right. So if I'm shoot- if I'm shooting through stuff
2: more often than I'm not, if I were doing this for a full time job. Uh, like for the railroad, I would say, okay, I'm on the wrong path. I've got to go work. This isn't the problem. statement. I need to go work elsewhere, and and that's the position that I landed on last year after just 14 animals. Um, more passes than that means I'm I'm chasing the wrong rabbit, and I've got to I got to go figure out what's keeping people from bringing an animal home. If you stay on that path, you start inflating the media or the factors or controlling the test to to inflate the magnitude of the factors. And you can't infer that to real life, and I think that's the gap that I'm experiencing between where you guys are studying and where I'm studying in terms of our findings. Does that make sense, there? or do you need to repeat that in a way that makes
0: sense? No, that that makes sense. And I mean, the, again, uh, the only data you get from uh, you know a pass through is okay, my arrow setup was good, right? I mean, that's what people will chalk that up to, meaning, right. You know, animals on the ground, I won, right? The victory, however you want to put it.
2: There's no doubt in it, yeah.
0: Yeah, so, but it's important bringing, as we're talking about this, what makes any arrow not go through is other than obviously what you're impacting, but meaning uh, you, you, you're you shooting for the, the golden triangle vital vital V thing um, where everybody should aim, and you're off a little, and you hit the scapula. Yeah. You're still gonna go through with a good arrow, uh, with a good broadhead, good arrow flight, good components. I don't, you know, when people get hung up on the Ashby thing, right? I I take what I want from it and I just shit can the rest, right? I I want good components, I want good arrow flight. I don't worry about the 650 grain bone crushing penetration thing, and I don't worry about mm-hmm. single bevels too much. I'm not saying they're bad, but with my setup yeah. and experience, I just don't focus on. A uh, single bevels that much. I, I like three blades and two blades with bleeders. Now, if I didn't have the poundage or the momentum I had, we're gonna we're gonna have a little bit different of a story. Um, uh, you know, but aeroflight, we you know, f- and this is very important on a compound. Very often, uh, most often, you're not gonna get some the same experience you do with a stick bow, where you pluck the hell out of the string, it comes out of the bow sideways. If your arrow flight's good out of a compound, it's pretty hard to screw that up majorly. With a stick bow, on the other hand, you could shoot the same two broadheads, same two arrows, same bow, same everything. Pluck the shit out of it on one and decrease your penetration by 12 inches. Yeah, sure, because
1: arrows flying sideways.
0: Yeah, well, it may make sense to us, but fuck me. It does not make sense to a lot of people. And guys will say, I shot an animal at 10 yards. And I'm like, yeah, and they're like, well, I I clipped a scapula, I didn't go through. Well, with that setup, you should go right through. What he left out is, his arrow wasn't tuned. He plucked the shit out of string, probably short stroked it, and then the animal moved too. You're not getting a lot of data out of that testing either, because how do you mimic shit arrow flight consistently if you plucked a string, short drew, you know, the whole nine yards? Uh, again, arrow flight is extremely important. Which brings me up to my what I wanted to ask about.
2: I am and, not. And before you, go ahead. Before you move from that, rate arrow flight on a scale to one to 10, just anecdotally. Me? Yeah, you. 10 anecdotally.
0: 10 anecdotally. For average right.
2: people or for us? Well, we want average to become Aaron, right? Uh, and get more penetrations than that. So, so 10, rate arrow weight from one to 10. Mm,
0: arrow weight, eight. Great
2: bevel type, one to ten, in the grand scheme of things.
0: Six.
2: So I'm just trying to get people to understand, and that was anecdotal as hell, the magnitude of tuning. If you're not shooting, you're not shooting clean arrows, you don't really need to burn a bunch of money up or chase. You can't buy that. You've got to go get that.
0: <laughs> Let's ask Troy the same question. Arrow flight, where do you rate that? It's the, for,
1: it's, it's, I think it's the number one thing, so it's ten. Okay, right?
0: we, we agree. Arrow weight.
1: Arrow weight is about, is about 12, or it's about 1 until you hit something hard.
0: So on average, what would you say, you know, and again, I rated that, meaning it's, uh, if I said 10, you would say people on the heavier arrow weight side would be like, oh, see, you need a heavy arrow, and if I rated it a 1, I'm basically an idiot. What I'm saying an 8 is as long as you have a good weighted arrow, you're good. Mm -hmm. Right. Meaning not to the extreme. Would you, would you agree with that? I would, but back to the AeroFlight
1: thing, I think it's now that we have a high speed camera, you wouldn't believe what arrows do in the air. They are vibrating the whole way down range. We're going
0: to, we're going to get to that because that's, (laughs) that is important. And, and one of the videos I did kind of showed it and I wanted to make sure people understand that it also plays into high FOC, which you know, you're going to obviously speak upon that. So, arrow flight's important, arrow weight's important, broadhead configuration, as long as it's sharp, as long as it's a good steel, two-blade, three-blade, bleeders, single bevel, double bevel, all of those are going to work well. I don't worry about that as much. Yep. Okay.
1: I do want to say one thing about the bleeder blades, though. I do like, in what I've done and what I've been testing, I do like the back set little bleeders like the iron wheel. You don't, you know, the Magnus we, you consider disposable broadhead, but that's a good example of, I don't like the boxy or blades with the, with the, with the, uh, I like to see a, you know, jumping a, a, a you're, true cut on contact with some, with some cutters on the back and iron wheels a great.
0: example. You're jumping ahead. You're ju- okay, we're okay. going to get to that. Cause that's a whole nother section. Um, yeah. So a, as we're talking about this, I am one of the reasons I don't like. I'm not saying I don't like. Again, I don't ever check my FOC. One of the reasons I worry about extreme FOC is you get the noodle effect on the arrow. Are you thinking that that noodle effect, the point pulls it through, as people say? Or do you think with extreme FOC and that arrow noodling, that's hurting penetration? Or does one compensate for the other? What does noodling mean? Your arrow wiggling like crazy going through the animal because on impact, uh, you know, your, your arrow is, is, is somewhat flimsy because your point weight is so much heavier than your arrow.
1: Actually, on impact, the high forward center stuff doesn't wiggle as much.
2: Oh, keep, the keep, center
1: of pressure and the center of gravity keep, are further apart. Keep, keep, keep going. Correct. So what I was saying was the wobbly ones we've shot, 10% forward to center arrows that are, you know, let's just say uh, we if we took some stuff just out of the box, like a regular person screwed on an arrow or screwed on a 125 grain point on a 350 spine arrow out of my bow, 65 pounds at 28 average deer shooting deer deal. Right. And we shot it down range and the shaft is literally going, blah, 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 back and forth all the way down range. It doesn't, it, it just doesn't stabilize. Yeah.
0: Okay. And the dwell
1: time uh, at impact, you can really see the back of the arrow shaped like crazy with a 10% arrow.
0: So when I have shot, um, when I'm talking about, uh, when you talk about uh, high-speed cameras, things like that. Yeah, the higher, fun. Yeah, which I, you know, I, I have all that and, and I use it, you know, use it, you know, obviously it's at my disposal. When I shoot a, when I cater to a stiffer arrow in moderate FOC, my arrows, yes. the paradox of my arrow is generally um, I'm shooting clean at three to six yards, meaning the wop, 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 the, you can watch Koreans do it with FIDA. It's got the noodle the whole way down.
1: Oh, they're, those are amazing.
0: Um, yeah, FIDA arrows to, are crazy. Amazing to hit the dot, right? Um, so with, with what I like, 10-yard <sighs> whitetail coming through, I want that arrow to be straight at three to six yards uh paradox is stopped, and it's basically flying bullets at that point with with had high, a pretty stiff arrow on impact as well the the stiff arrow is the key here. I personally yep. prefer right. the right. stiff right. yeah, and I don't think anybody can argue with any of this where I see guys shooting and i was, well, they um, do yeah no they definitely do, but I mean, I don't oh. see how they can um when I was shooting um that twenty three percent f o c the noodling of my arrow was difficult to get to straighten out uh at about twenty. It start, it started to, to stop uh or slow down. The the noodling. When you impact and your data is definitely different than mine, uh Troy, the extreme mm-hmm. FOC arrows, I have seen the the when the when the the the, the when you the impact happens, that arrow flexes like crazy. You're saying that does not happen.
1: I've, I've shot them in the targets a bunch, and I, I don't see that. I see it. It looks like a stick when it goes in. And, and we're going to study this more with the high-speed camera and try to find a spot. Right? There's got to be a spot.
0: I, 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 my spot for is 18 percent. Um, seems to be the that's half where
1: point. I started also. So uh, just to go back to wow factor, 550 and between 16 and 20 percent forward to center. Yeah. Is where I started to see the wow factor. And, and I it had was to, a really different experience compared to my previous aluminum inserts and, and a Muzzy. Well, I, I had animals. to go
0: back and figure some of this crap out because I never checked my FOC, right. I just flight and threw you know, wanted some heavy point weight in there and let it rip. Well,
1: mm-hmm. you're not, you're not an idiot. So you, you started with your arrow flight and, and Cody, you're probably in the same boat here. A 30% arrow going sideways. Is a stupid move mm-hmm. compared to a twenty percent arrow flying perfect. It's just dumb. You know,
0: with the compound, it, that thirteen to fifteen seemed to be the best of all worlds. Not not to say yeah. that you don't want to go above that, but for me, if you're in that thirteen to fifteen, you got good speed. You know, and I'm these are general generalities. You got good speed. You got good arrow weight. You got good point weight. You're not far one side or the other. That's not to say an eighteen plus percent FOC arrow won't work on a compound. That thirteen to fifteen was a good happy medium throughout. Uh, for me. It's hard to get to get over twenty five with a compound It's really pointy hat, aluminum foil hat,
1: nerd stuff. You can't do it. You have to shoot a nine hundred grain arrow.
0: You, I'll just say you can if you're a midget and you shoot a really heavy arrow. That's about the I understand that. you, That's, you know, <laughs> <That's> Rob Nielsen's <laughs> <laughs> wife
1: shooting thirty eight pounds, she shoots 29 or 30 percent forward to center at 575 grains, and she drove five arrows through a Cape Buffalo all the way to the fleshings in a row. And 38 pounds.
0: <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't deny or argue any of that. The only thing that I would say is would she shoot the same system on a doll sheep hunt? I, I wouldn't suggest her to do that if I was guiding. Yeah, I don't know. And and I can mm-hmm. tell you, I, my wife is shooting forty eight pounds in a four hundred and twenty five grain arrow. And Absolutely, had we've had great luck, but she shoots very yeah. short broadheads and very good arrow flight. We bare shaft out to forty because of everything we're talking about. Um, the
1: have you studied any of the uh, impact yeah, paradox I, stuff? Yeah,
2: we've uh, in the push. You know, they rented the high speed equipment to to do a kind of a, a commercial on the study and. That was the findings from them as well, that it was stabilizing within three feet on uh, bows cut past the center. I dove into the study um, last year early, and this is why I say it depends. And and you have to pay attention to all of our learnings based on how we get yeah, right. out. out of a bow cut past center. Everything Aaron's saying is the exact findings that, uh, that I have and recorded if I pick up a bow like an ASL that's not cut to center or an old uh, mild R&D longbow that's not cut to center, now the game changes and I need that arrow to recover a little bit faster. And, uh, you know, I, I tested arrows for recovery and wood arrows were the worst. So well, I started producing footed wood arrows from the study because I couldn't, I couldn't partition FOC from arrow stiffness unless I footed a wood arrow. And whenever I footed a wood arrow, it blew everything away because the first eight inches of the barrel doesn't bend. And that's how I split FOC from stiffness. So in my mind, accuracy, because we, we hear it a lot, but, you know, more FOC means more accurate, and, and we don't see that to be the case, not just in my testing and tuning, but the 50-meter world record was just set with 14% FOC by John Demmer, right? The um, mm-hmm. Eastern engineers suggest 16% So my study came out around 18%. Uh, so that sweet spot seems to be lower than the average. Of what the average opinion believes. So if AeroFlight's number one, you can only add a, enough
1: um, you know, FOC to, to not interfere you with... You can't it. compromise AeroFlight for the Florida Center. I, I'm totally into that. That's yeah. absolutely true, and uh, I said this earlier, when I, I shot track for 10 years, and I need to get back into it, but when I le- le- learned to st- to cut the shaft down and sit there and just keep cutting and fiddling them around until it flew perfect. I was amazing. It was amazing how good I was. Right. Because the arrows were awesome. So, so I, I think it I, fixed I, a lot I, of things. I
2: know I spoke to you about this a few years ago um, when we were on the phone, but I, I'm finding, I found during that study that the bend of the arrow changes the push force and the direction of entry and robs energy, right? So having it, shooting as stiff as arrow as you can, correct, is critical. So I I found myself moving toward longer arrows because oh. I have to manage my sight picture and that allows me to shoot 300s, 300, 340s and, and not only that, save money because I'm always going to find, usually I'm going to find a perfect thing. Yep, uh, And those stiffer
1: arrows go through uh, go through animals a little bit. Um, no, there's no doubt about that. Better, right? On impact, once again, the armor is going to push back. Newton said that. So, We right. um, don't want one, to, a, We you don't
2: want to bear that you, right? you only need an FOC to get yourself to that high spine. Anything beyond that seems to be a liability, or at least I can't quantify it not being right. a, a liability. Because there, when you shoot, I know there was a test done by Boeing Supply, Alaska Bowhunting Supply where they showed the trajectory difference was minimal in heavy arrows, again, it's just this level setting in your test. Move that test to 40 yards, and there's a massive difference. Uh, You're right. If you're a white-tail hunter in the oak stands, and you're not going to shoot past 18, there's no reason to shoot a light arrow. It's actually very beneficial to go with a a heavy arrow and a longer arrow to get your sight picture pretty tight. If you're going to go mule deer hunting, and they're going to bounce five yards at a time, and you're playing whack-a-mole with your sight picture, um, it's a good idea to to flatten that out and when you start testing overall arrow weight and FOC at 40 uh, yards you see really really big differences. Yeah, when you, we just
1: got a hooter shooter I need to do that again.
0: That that hooter shooter is handy. Um, I've got one and when in doubt take the human factor out of it and throw it on Yeah, the right. Seat. No, you
1: got to take people <laughs> out of it and just sit there and push the button, right? Yeah. It's consistent.
0: So so with with what we're everything we're talking about here it sounds like we all can agree around 18% or more with a stick and 13 to 15 with a compound. These are generalities. If you're really short and you know, if you're really tall, it gets, you can't have very good FOC when you're you yeah a real long 33 make inch draw. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And, right. Right. And, right. and when yep. you're, when you're shorter, you got to cheat the system uh, a little bit as well, <sighs> because you got to, whatever you're lacking in speed, you got to make up f- for and more and more arrow weight, more momentum. Um, We all, more or less in agreement with that yeah yeah. okay let's move on to broadhead configuration so one of the things that one of the reasons that i i like a a three blade um is just durability i'm not a big needle needle tip fan right i i i always worry about the the tip curling that, that's a big one. And firing arrows off into a brick wall does not uh, really test shit, right? That was just seeing it like, snapped in half. <laughs> no. um, Shooting rocks is stupid. Yeah, yeah. And, and and I've I've fired arrows off many times into my concrete wall, and all I'm testing there is literally failing points to move to the next level closer to reality, meaning there's a few broadheads I've had snap in half really easy that an other tip would curl that that would be a victory going into a brick wall a tip curl in a brick wall is great because it's the 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 Rockwell or the hardness of it isn't too much but shooting into a brick wall doesn't do shit it just doesn't make sense other than I'm just chesting to see what blows up um a three blade um and I guess we before we get going cuz we all have our favorites um Cody, what are let's just go around the horn because I obviously cater very heavy to to Rocky Mountain Specialty Gear and Iron Will. Cody, what are what are a couple of your more favorite heads?
1: Well,
2: literally that that answer has changed in the last forty eight hours. So people <laughs> need to take people need to take my. That's uh, <laughs> awesome. When I make statements that are that I have tested, I'll stand behind those and I'll go publicly and, and defend those, but. I need to really separate whenever you're getting an opinion or a theory, and I am definitely in theory mode here, so please take this with a grain of salt. But after the experience we've just had, uh, I've been shooting two blades uh, for a long, long time. Uh, I am moving to um, all three blades uh, right now to to test. And and I'm not right. I'm not absolute. I haven't accounted for all the variations. But the, the, the path that I'm on has a clear signal showing that the trade-off and optimal lands on on three blades. So that's the optimal, what do you, what's the goal? Uh, Is it lethality or blood trails or down faster or? If we have an axis here or a continuum, one is push force and one is uh, tip bending. That's really the middle seems to be pointing toward these three blade heads being supported on all all sides and not failing. Oh, Uh, okay. So we may be better going off. Aaron, if you walk through the what we just experienced, that may make more sense. I don't know what order you want to go through here, but
0: well, Troy, you and I can probably go back and forth on this just a little bit. Um, for, for me, I, I like three blades. Um, they're not the be-all, end-all, but I like three blades for three very good reasons. Um, the push force isn't horrible, you know. Good push force, uh, blood trails, and durability. Those are the three that I look at. Now, that's I like them out. because uh, any idiot can sharpen them. I'm getting there now. That's we're getting okay. to that one in a minute because um, all of these are very important. Um The sharpening portion is huge. We and we're you're...
2: all supposed to take our riddlin' before this podcast, <laughs> no, we you just... I did but
0: I took it. three of them didn't uh, help. I took Adderall and cocaine. Is that is that <laughs> bad? Um, so the uh, the the three blade for me. Doing great. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's a great podcast. Ooh. The the three blade for me. Um, fits the bill or a two blade with bleeders of uh, you know depending upon the configuration that you are going to get a good blood trail good penetration uh, and good durability the sharpening thing we're going to get to in in, in a minute because I don't want it to just be me but I'm glad we can all agree a three blade is the easiest thing in the world to sharpen you can't fuck it up right two edges down and you're real great so um you know, having, having said that, um, that is with a bow with a decent amount of ass behind it and good arrow weight. A two-blade, I'm not going to disagree, that is going to outpenetrate, a, a narrower two-blade obviously, is going to outpenetrate a three-blade, common sense. But I don't need to worry about penetration, so I, I like a three-blade. Um, you know, Troy, dive in with kind of what you're thinking on these things.
1: Like we just said, the, the ability of the three blade to be sharpened by average people who can just pull on a flat surface is fantastic. So that's where they win. I'm not a fan of the vented ones, and I'd like to see them be machined, right?
0: I think we can all agree on and, that.
1: Yeah, and a pretty decent uh, tanto on the front. I don't really like the super pointy stuff because a, a bend is going to redirect the arrow. There's no way it can't. It's all the way at the front. Right, So just grind off the front and make it kind
0: of I've had some bad Experiences with needle tip three blades Like really bad Like I'll never shoot them again bad For exactly what you're talking about Deviation in arrow flight because of the tip bending
1: And then I actually find the single Bevel stuff to be pretty easy to sharpen as well Because generally the the bevels are Pretty big as long as They're straight the, the Maasai And some of the more bullet shaped ones with the curve can be quite challenging for, you know, people with average skills. Um, but I just lean more towards the machine stuff. Now that I've got it, had it in my hands, the one piece, no insert hammerhead, you know, they just survive all kind of crazy stuff. And the rotational piece on the single bevel is really pretty amazing through tissue. I've taken apart, I don't know, 15 pigs on, on video on my channel, which of course gets demonetized immediately, but it's good data and the wounds they make are amazing for a two blade head.
0: So with all the testing on two blades and, and I want to make sure you and I, um, it's not just the muscle tissue. It also wallows out the lung hole pretty damn good. Um,
1: right. The, the more mobile the tissue is, the
0: more it spins up on it. Yep.
1: I mean, it just a it's it's really interesting. When Ed first told me that, I was like, whatever. And then I started really take the lungs apart and look at. It. And there's whole, you know, there's a drain plug. It's, it's U shape. It's not. You can shoot a single bevel or a double bevel right through the same area. Just lay one on the ground and do it, and put the lungs there, and you can see the difference. So that piece is pretty amazing. And when I, you know, tested intentionally, once again, intentionally quartering two on pigs, it was amazing what they'll do on bones. They just make a chut sound and it sticks out the back of them and they run off and go down. That was just, it's not very loud. So they're, they're apparently very efficient. We're, getting, we're studying this right now with the high-speed camera where to get some bones and catch the shingle bubbles, hitting the bone and see how quickly it pops, right, should you make a mistake. But I'm just a fan of the machine stuff, the high-grade stuff, and I don't argue with you on the three-blade thing. Just don't put a real pointy, pointy tip on the thing. Don't put a pointy tip on any broadhead. So really needle point. You're asking for trouble.
0: That, that's why we reinforced the, the tip on the, 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 the three-blade. I prefer the, the one from Rocky Mountain. Now, I, I know, uh, Troy, you work with some different companies. What are you liking now? Who, what do you prefer for, for not just the type but the company? Like who's making your CNC one piece that you're liking?
1: The Head evolution is really pretty phenomenal. It has a 20-degree bevel, which we were concerned about. It's the lowest bevel on the planet. And um, that being said, in Africa, it did great. The uh, Cape Buffalo, nothing, it didn't roll or anything on Cape Buffalo. And I've shot a bunch of stuff with it, and it's doing fine. So it's really easy to sharpen because it's a pretty low bevel and just easy to get on it. The original tough head as well, I've had great luck with that. And then I also, despite you saying, you know, we've discussed some, some of the broadheads that are multi-piece, I'm a big fan of the Magnus stuff. Just for people to get into
0: the game we're, and take the next
1: step, right? Let's get them from we'll get to that whatever the- to cut on contact to next level.
0: Yeah, we'll get to the poverty level broadheads in a second because that's extremely important. <laughs> no, it, it is. I mean, I, not everybody can afford high end broadheads. Um, and when I say high end, well, we, I think we can all agree. I don't uh, I don't deny the single bevel thing. I just don't need it with my setup. When I say I don't need it, I've had good luck with what I've got. Having said that, I keep two blade single bevel cutthroats with a tanto point in my quiver, right? Depending upon what I'm hunting, there's going to be a time space and place where that may come out above and beyond a three blade. But 99% of the time, a three blade or two blade with bleeders, you know, I'm 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 going to I'm going to shoot those. Um cu- Cody, you got anything to add before I move on here? It, yeah,
2: yeah. It's the trade-offs again. So if you're going to go with a single bevel, um, you're going to have to go with a higher quality blade because that edge is not supported on both sides, and it doesn't yeah. retain as long, and it can roll. Uh, yeah. We're now, we're. I mean, everybody, everybody knows that. And everybody is now saying that they weren't saying that 15 years ago, and we were buying Grizzlies, but now we're saying that. So that's the trade-off. If you want to go single, single bevel and you believe that's going to get you an animal with a higher probability than a double, you're going to spend more money on a on a quality broadhead. They're, for me, they're just as easy to sharpen and then get an edge, but they don't retain it as long and they do roll. So I prefer double, even even when I'm dealing with high end heads. So I prefer my double bevel iron wheel over the single bevel uh, for that reason, the, you know, the edge so I just want people to understand it's easy to talk about, oh, double bevels do better on a submetric, but animals on the ground, I can't point to a difference. I can't point to a difference to blood, creating blood trails on the ground. So for me, all right, if I can't tell the difference practically, I'll go with the head that uh, offers more choices at lower cost. That's just as effective.
1: Agreed. You have to have a good steel for a single bevel. It can't be done. There's a bunch of people making... Single bevels under fifty bucks, you better be careful because you're giving something up. Yeah, just gonna generally s-
0: the steel. Yeah, I was gonna say it's the steel normally, and I if you're gonna shoot a disposable broadhead, um, and let's just move on to that. Troy, you brought it up a second ago. This is one of my questions. Pick your top three disposable. I say disposable. I consider all those disposable broadheads. If you get two animals out of it, consider it a victory. Um yeah. not, not saying you can't, but what are your top three? Poverty level broadheads. Um, <laughs> Troy, we'll we'll start with you and then round round the horn.
1: I like Magnus, the Magnus Hornet and the and the stinger for people who are making the jump initially. And the steel core stuff's real good. If you're just trying to step into this world and go from a punch point like you know, f- kind of like deal to something you can actually sharpen. Like a fat head.
0: I think that's one of their broadheads. Like I a fat head. head, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um well, you you took mine, so fuck you. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I agree. Those are the ones that I, you know. Uh, Cody, you got any chime in on that? Uh,
2: so I just ordered Palmer Extreme Cut Four Blades, which is basically a slightly larger stinger. I use stingers my entire life. I mean, I grew up using dad's leftover stingers, and I didn't stop using them until I got on social media, and people told me they were bad. Um, so obviously, <clears throat> it's easy to go to, but that's not really a poverty-level Uh For those of you that have never been into pro- poverty, $35 for free, is still so expensive. Uh, so what I encourage people to do, you know, if you, if, and I know Zwicky's not the popular choice, but if you're looking at a dollar and value, you're going to have to work harder to sharpen that, Zwicky. You are going to get, um, you know, occasional failures. But there's, I've collected nothing after getting them sharp that suggests that they're inferior enough in any way at an aggregate metric meaning getting your animal to say not to purchase this wiki, so you're talking $18 from free reverse versus $35.99. You know, so for a
0: now, hold on, Palmer extreme, what will you have into those three broadheads? And I don't have anything against wiki, what will you have on those when time sharpening is calibrated into that price?
2: No, you, you yeah, uh, you know, several hours for me to get a. You've seen my video, my first sharpening video was three hours long, you made me cut it down an hour, but. Uh, it is a lot of elbow grease and effort, but I, we've all been young men where we had more time than money. And that might yeah, be a right. better choice for people. And I don't want a single person out there to think they can't be just as successful with a Zwicky as Zwicky as you can with a, with an iron will. So iron wills out of the box, razor sharp. going to do great things for you, but it, it, there's uh no reason not to suggest those in my
0: mind. No, and and I don't uh, I don't have issues with that. I just the one thing you got to remember is along if if you're at a poverty level. Um, and when I say poverty level, everybody knows I came from poverty, so don't give me anybody give me any shit for shooting expensive shit. Now I had nothing my whole life, so I am the king of poverty level broadheads. When I say that, meaning, well, I need six broadheads to go hunting. Where are you going? One of the good things about Magnus compared to Zwicky, they're more readily available to, to buy. Can we all agree on that generally? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Zwicky's. You're going to have to have, at the very least, as Chris Prino would say, an American-made file to file those bad boys down. And a lot of price. doesn't exist.
2: I googled it. I can't find it. <laughs>
0: So was How he much, teasing me about that? No, he was giving me shit about it, actually. That was far before you got there. From the moment I got there, I believe, actually, he was giving me shit about the uh, sharpening of his wikis. Uh, with his wiki, they're getting a little bit harder to spin, right? They're, they're not perfect coming out of the package. There is more animals that probably died by his wiki than anything else. You just need to know you got some man hours sharpening them. That's it.
2: That's um, so, 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 Before you leave it, I want to make sure we drive this home. We're in Davis mountains. Chris Perino has an iron will. Cody or Chris Perino has his wiki. Cody Greenwood has iron will. We're both out to get and retrieve an animal. Who do you put your money on?
0: Chris Perino. Sorry. He's a killer.
2: Every day. all day. day. (laughs) So I say that because it's not okay for hunters to say they're not, you know, they're not the greatest hunting hunters in the world, but when you tie in mindset, accuracy, field craft, broadhead's one of the last things you need to worry about. You just answered that by picking Perino over me, and I would pick Perino over me, and I've never seen him shoot because I don't care. Uh, I, I can tell by the way he was answering my questions that he's confident as a hunter. So I want to make sure we drive that home. And that doesn't mean that the fake people out there that say they're great hunters can hide behind Zwicky's because it kind of goes both ways. But um, that's why I keep driving that home. There's, there's other factors that are much bigger that people can't sell you so we don't talk about. Them.
0: So I, I will say a few days after that I shot my Buffalo, uh, we found a place where, where Cody could shoot one. And I kind of screwed up the testing. And, uh, Troy, you'll get a you kick out of it. You kind of
2: screw up the testing. Well, <laughs> don't ever take care in broadhead testing.
0: So c- Cody, Cody, <laughs> Cody puts an arrow into You're the – You're going to screw the story up. Let me tell the story because you'll screw it up. Okay, now before you'll – you'll, now he's going to say I rushed him. We were there an hour, and finally I got tired of waiting and yelled, Cody, hurry up, let's go. So.
2: You have I think Cody, did fine. Stories, I you think don't Cody did fine. I already think Cody did fine. So, yes, I was rushed. And because I don't have a shred of common sense in my body, I was in there documenting my arrows and, and getting everything set for a structured test. I was rushed. But we go out to, to shoot this <laughs> buffalo. And uh, I, 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 I am having trouble shooting. I shoot high, obviously. And it was in the index, right? You say spine, but it wasn't spine because the animal obviously wasn't spine. It was in the index. I realize I don't have arrows because I literally have no common sense. I run back to get my Arrowmaster Quiver out of the buggy. When I come back, I say, Aaron, why is there a big hairy buffalo staggering around like it's drunk or, and or hard shot? Oh, well, I took a frontal shot on it and shot it through the heart on the first arrow at 40 yards. It was wonderful. And, uh, oh, it was my charging! God, you shot world the world man's world. buffalo. Jesus. No. no, no, that doesn't bother me. We were all shooting at it. I needed, I needed as much data
0: as I could get. All right, so let, let it's me... the fact that his first arrow... My, from my shot. perspective, it's charging at us, for one, and I'm like... It was not charging. How would you know you had to go in and get more arrows? You would have screamed. <laughs> it was so, Snyder, you're just it was 40 yards years. away when it was going to knock you over. Just ram him, Aaron. So, what was that now? 40 yards away. I, I had That's really good. good success with my buffalo with a couple different uh, arrows, but it was optimal penetration. Um, you know, I didn't hit anything solid. So, knowing how, uh, Troy, if you broke down a buffalo, a bison before? I have not. Their, their hide in the chest area is an inch thick at a minimum. Um, you know, so it's pretty, pretty, pretty thick. But I'm like, all right, I'm just going to shoot this thing on a frontal. I want to see if this arrow is going to go through uh, and how well. You know, I've, it's not like I get to shoot buffalo every day for fuck's sake. I'm like, I wonder if I'll get good. Jesus, it buried with a buzz cut to the fletches and, at 40 yards. He's
2: been debating with people online about this frontal shot. So I run out there. And he says, "Look, the frontal shot's lethal. I told you. I said it's a broadhead shot." <laughs> now it ended up working out. I mean, the video will never see the light of day because we look like idiots. We have a little cussing match going on there. But uh, the, the broadhead test ended up working out well because he actually slowed the bison down where it was still moving, and I could get moving shots, and I could collect my data while that that shoulder assembly was moving. So it was a it was really, really, it turned out to be really, really good for data collection. But, but, but as, then, we're, yeah,
0: as we're talking about poverty broadheads, and again, 35 is not poverty, but that was a buzz cut. It's not a reusable broadhead, but that, that went through to the fletches on a, on a bison at 40 yards out of a stick bow. That, yeah, that, yeah that, I,
2: but what's the factor there that drove that successful
0: shot? Um, you mean as shop, far shop. As, as shot placement arrow AeroFlight? Shot placement, yeah, absolutely.
2: Yeah. Aaron Snyder's shot. a badass. That's all it was. That's, That's all a, it is. That's it. Shot, <laughs> shot placement is so much more significant than all the other things.
0: If if that you listen to the about, video, it did, had nothing to do with me being a badass. It was him screaming, "You're a fucking idiot." We're doing a broadhead test. Is what? Yeah. <laughs> <it> t- <laughs> I didn't call you an idiot. I called you a fuck guard. It's even worse. <laughs> That's you know, even better. Bath hat. And then no. I think I yelled so anyway, back, You're the jackass that didn't have any arrows. I believe it was my uprising. Yeah,
2: you, you said you just find him. And then you screamed some things at me. And then we went back and forth <laughs> like a set. Green,
1: Greenwood goes out there with a single shot because he's going to man up. Good job.
2: Anyway, so anyway, I, it, it turned out to be a really good test because this is my third bison to be there and be a part of taking it down. Uh, I, I, last year, we had three guys. Uh, take them down and then so I, i'm from i've collected a lot of data off of bison and i was able to actually control the test really well and place uh, i wanted to focus on the upper third and the middle of the scapula and uh, i was able to do that while while it, the buffalo was moving because you know a hard shot you're kind of slowed down and drunkard and piled up so uh, it, it worked out well but yeah don't take aaron on a broad head test because, i blacked out i, I blacked uh, out yeah <laughs> So there's a the
0: coach, I blackout. I out. Can't, can't do that R- shit R- together. She he out Aren't Well, anyway, you know. As now, we're t- now finish your story. No, as we're talking about the. Well, no, I mean, um, uh, when we're talking about the broadheads, I think we can all agree that uh, you know, obviously, with what we're talking about, you want to get as high quality broadheads as you can, and you want it to be in my opinion and in Perino is one that, that is more of the uh the file sharpened uh, you know that's that's what he likes and I'm not gonna argue in crispy is very successful I want a razor sharp broadhead um and, and again I I am a big fan of course I helped design it I'm a big fan of that Rocky Mountain three blade um when I shot my and you'll get a kick out of this Troy with that big that big dad, and you know how beefy they are up front. Mm-hmm. so we're on a large group and I'm going to you know do a podcast on this later but we stock in every time they butt heads we're getting about three feet closer because the whole group's looking at them butting heads two monster rams come out of the cliffs I'm like okay this thing's going to walk over me if he doesn't see me draw I'm taking a frontal shot um it ended up being we went out and ranged it it was 16 yards zipped straight through the heart blood's coming out of it well Troy I don't know if you've hunted out dad but they don't like to die um, they can. They're, they're. Yeah, they hate dying. I have. So I'm unloading the quiver like a flat legless as this thing's broadside to me, hoping to anchor it to the ground. Now You're I've right. shot lots of things in the scapula and was zipped right through them, but you have to hit the right part of the scapula. The T is certainly not the right part. Um, shitting my pants a little. I may have hit the T a couple times. Crack. No penetration. Right. Yep. The one shot I got that was in the scapula where you want it, just cheating inside of the the golden triangle vital V zipped right through it. You know, again, you get good arrow flight. You have good, you know, your broad head sharp. You're not going through where you're not going through. It doesn't matter what the hell you have on your bow. You're not going through it. Uh, When I say that, the T, the knuckle, I think some people think they shoot a 650 grain arrow in a single bevel. They're going through the knuckle. No. 300 win. Would you agree with that, Troy?
1: We had Aaron Warbrick cut the knuckle in half on a whitetail deer, but I don't know about an old oh, dad.
0: And that, well, yeah. So, yeah. With a whitetail cutting the knuckle in half, will it get to the lungs?
1: He hit the other side. He hit the opposite shoulder on a big Iowa white buck last year. 17 yeah. yards. He pulled the shot. Cause he was on the ground, just kind of like you said, we all wish we were cool under fire, but it gets, it gets a little Western as they say, <laughs> but, but Do it 20 he cut, times he cut the ball years. and knuckle in half. Right. And it split went all the way to the shoulder blade on the other side. And that deer went 60 yards. So so what um, was his, what was his the tough thing about all dads is their physiology. They have really high spinal processes and their lungs and their heart are really low and forward. They're different, you know? They're funny, funny animals.
0: What What was his setup going through the whitetail though? Six forty, single barrel,
1: cutthroat, perfect bear shaft
0: turn. with a compound though, right? Oh yeah, yeah, okay. Because one of the things that need people need to make sure when you know I have had guys get a hold of me and say I want to shoot through the leg and break the opposite shoulder. Yeah, you're you're not going to do that um, very often. And again. If you're wanting to do that and you're going to shoot a 650 to 750 grain arrow for the chance that you hit the leg and, and go through it and get a kill, and it, to me, that is poor judgment be- because there's a lot of other things on the animal you could hit a higher probability of than the leg. And so kind of the best of all worlds, getting maybe into that 550 to 475 range with some decent speed rather than a 650 to... 800 grain arrow because you might hit the knuckle most times you may break the leg you probably won't get to the both both lungs you know and again just happy common sense happy medium people hear what they want Troy you said that I think three times on the phone yesterday what are the chances of you going through a leg on most people's setups and getting both lungs with any broadhead
1: if it's not real high mass it's
0: 50 50 at best. And, and, and that's where they compound. Absolutely. So, again, people get wrapped up around this leg thing. It's like, guys, you know, again. Don't like, shoot at the legs. Yeah. I mean, we're not,
1: like I, I said this earlier, I don't advocate you aiming at the shoulder blade, but it, it, things happen. Yeah. And the tree stand thing on whitetails when they're jumpy, really introduces the shoulder blade a lot more than people realize.
0: But it also introduces
1: because the shoulder the, blades going down. The, you know, when the deer, it's a physiologic reaction that they jump the string. It is not gravity. It, they're, it, they're moving. They're spinning and rolling all that stuff. And so the first thing it's going to do is the shoulder blades coming down and you're elevated. But you're already introducing the shoulder flat
0: because the animal has a boat. It also is introducing the stomach as much as the shoulder. Yes and that's and it where, also
1: cuts down on the angle into
0: the second hole yeah oh, well because they down. roll a lot right? of shit. so again when we're talking about all this do you cater to a wider broad head that may have a lesser chance to go through the scapula but do more damage in the liver stomach diaphragm area or do you cater to the the scapula the 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 you know going through that Troy, what's your pick? Are you, are you catering happy medium, scapula? What, what's your cut? Your narrower broad head, what you narrower broadhead, wider? What are you picking?
1: I'm catering to shooting through the armor because the physiology up front is much more lethal, even on 10 inches of penetration. Gotcha. All the big vessels are forward. It's a fact. And I don't like the exits in the guts. It's a sack of hay. It's going be a long day, right? So I would cater more towards getting... Let's just say half an arrow into them, but forward because of the physiology.
0: Gotcha. And I'm kind of on the other end. I'm more of a shoot a little wider broadhead to do more damage if you hit it in the, the stomach. Uh, meaning yeah. still have good, I mean, I'm not saying, you know, go start winging two inch fixed blades at whitetails, but, you know, a a wider or a three blade or something that maybe penetrate a little bit less, but still has a good chance of going through the scapula. But also does a little bit more damage in the in the stomach um, if you if you hit that. And there's nothing wrong with either of these. Cody, what do you um, have? You hit more shit in the shoulder or the stomach?
2: I'm the question I ask myself or pose to other people: Do you spend more time saying, "Man, I wish I hadn't hit that animal in the knuckle," or do you spend more time trying to find blood? Um, It's it's a dominant. That's a great question. blood, blood. blood. (laughs) So the problem statement of the knuckle. It isn't a big problem statement. And there's no, absolutely no guarantee that you're going to, actually, the probability is against you. You're going to go through it anyway. So these people that are building these arrows for worst case scenario, you're not going to achieve worst case scenario anyway. And what I'm finding is that the broadheads designed for that are a liability for high muscle, livers, kidneys, lungs. So I'm obviously going to, since I know I can't get through worst case scenario anyway, but a wider blade with more, um, wider broadhead with more blades. Can get through the high end of a scapula and do much better on hide and um, and the vitals. I'm going with more blades and wider plates.
1: Got anything to add to that, Troy? No. I mean, if if you, if you hit them right, the, the the back shot, the quartering two shot behind the crease is a really physiologic disaster the the ability of the animals to live on one lung and the liver hit and then a shot through the guts which is not going to bleed is yeah, really so challenging.
2: challenging the exchange is do you have trouble getting three blades through the scapula
0: Aaron? I don't know I mean in okay. the, the parts of the scapula that you know you should be going through
1: the target area on most of the North American animals is 10 inches, 8 inches anyway right? So we spend a lot of time talking about little bitty things that get in the way. When I just don't see that bad of shooting. I just the jumping animals is a huge thing we'll never beat. It's so hard. To, it's so hard to manage, right? And introduces things that you weren't intending to introduce. You just watch on YouTube and watch people shoot, and you don't see them shoot a foot left very often. Like they don't. I don't know how that arrow went over there. We're going pretty straight until the animals vote. It's just a hard puzzle. We'll, we'll never beat it. It's, no, but It's, I, it's just going to have to be a personal decision.
0: I, I was just saying, I think talking about this helps people make a decision because if they have any experience whatsoever, they can take the question Cody posed. Do you, are you looking, you hit the scapula and get blood. You're not finding it anyway. Cause if you didn't go through it, meaning, um, That's right. Is a liver lung, is a liver, you know, straight liver shot. I mean, you can't argue the fact that you hit something with a 5.56 five, compared to a 3.38 Lapua. You hit, a st- hit it in the stomach with a 3.38 Lapua compared to a 5.56. Five, it's laying down a lot faster without being bumped. Oh, obviously. yeah. <laughs> and, and so, it's a huge bullet. Yeah. So, you know, same thing with a broadhead. You put a, I used to shoot those XXLs from, uh, what's my call it, from Grizzly Stick. They, mm-hmm. you hit something in the stomach with that thing. It ain't going far where yeah, other right. animals might go a little bit farther again. You know, I, I make the kind of the, the statement of, uh, I've never walked back down a trail saying, wow, I wish my backpack was smaller, but I have definitely said, fuck, I wish I had more room. Have you yeah, said, right. man, I wish I had a bigger blood trail or have you said, man, I wish I would have made it through that scapula diff- a different setup would have. That's personal preference and choice that people are going to have to, you know, to, to, to make. And I think, too, it's also probably if you hang around with guys that shoot good or don't, um, you know, you hang around guys hanging more tame. When I say tame whitetails, ones that don't take a step and look up in a tree. Yeah, like to, a king ranch.
1: They yeah, just stand there and take it like a man.
0: Yeah, compared to Alabama deer where yeah. it takes you 17 minutes just to get your bow out of the easy hanger because they won't stop looking at you. Right. Big difference there, that's why in Alabama, I cater to a wider, bigger broad head um was yeah, I wouldn't worry about zipping through the scapula of one. I was worried about shooting in the stomach because they're so- you know they they're they're pretty cracked out they're pretty
1: pretty jumpy yeah yeah um, i've really I've studied the blood trail thing a lot and taken notes, and I can't find any correlation because of the tissues moving around the organs move, the skin moves if you shoot them in the vital V, the shoulder blade is moving. Like the holes in the, the hole in the thorax is fixed, but the hole in the, in the shoulder is actually moving when they're running off. Right. So they never line up.
0: Right. Everybody
1: thinks thinks you're going to get a blood trail. And the more I do this, the more aggressive I get on straight up the leg, lower one third and try to just kill them as fast as humanly possible. Let, let's don't, touch, I don't rely on a blood trail.
0: Touch on kill that. Kill their ass. Yeah, I do rely on a blood trail, but I hope for kill their ass. But I, you know, I'm not a great blood trail. I, okay, tracker. so I hope
1: for a blood trail. How's that? <laughs> and I try to kill them as fast as possible. But you get, think, about, think
0: about
2: the argument on the other end of the spectrum. We just said you're probably not getting through the knuckle. Yeah. So you're planning for worse, which you're probably not going to get through. On the, on the bison, we didn't get through once.
0: But yeah, the and scapula. My no, you got... You got through the scapula one time, but it didn't go into oh, yeah. anything vital. That's right. Well, yeah. two inches, right? Um, so,
2: if, if you take that same argument, because I, I agree with you, blood trails are completely random. Um, yeah. I, tr- I, I record them, I have all, all that good stuff. But the light kind of shut me down on this. He goes, So, you're going to make the argument that wider blades don't cut more and do more damage. It's impossible for me to make that argument, just like it's impossible for me to make that argument that wider blades don't do worse on bone. But even your best broadhead, designed to go through that bone, won't go through the bone. And your your broadhead designed to go through that bone with that big tonto tip that's a sixteenth of an inch thick requires a ton of push force to get through hide. So I'm going to go for the higher probability trade-off decision. Does yeah. that mean emotionally? I'm now now as soon as I say this, that shot Greenwood's going to go out in the woods. And I'm going to hit something right in the damn knuckle with my three blade and cry about it. I'll go back. You know, I'll, I'll always go off my latest, latest, um, experience, but I want to make sure people understand that trade off decision. They hear, you know, 220% more penetration and they hear the lower knuckle and people believe they can get through it. There's no, there's no practical data or empirical data that I've seen that says we can, even if you plan for the worst case scenario. So you know, trying to lean towards optimal is, is kind of where I want people to to think about. Because I can get through this guy with a three blade, and I can cut more tissue. You're absolutely right. You're not getting, uh, you know, lethality and blood trail or the same thing. Shot placement. That buck I just shot had terrible blood trailing, but it spun. It went through its guts and caught one lung and went out the front right shoulder. Right? Mm-hmm. A two blade, hundred and fifty grain. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't blame that broadhead on the blood trail, I would say, well, that it didn't hit anything that bled. Yeah, well, right. actually, you know, it was dead in 300 yards, but, um, that's the point I want people to, to go back to and don't make absolute decisions. Don't build an arrow for an extreme end of the spectrum. Try to build an arrow for optimal. I want to discuss physiology
1: real quick on lung hits as well.
0: well. So before you do that, Troy, also touch on, so people understand the shifting of the body, um plugging the hole. I don't think people I've had lots of people say, hey, I shot this, my blood trail was horrible. These broadheads are supposed to be good. And I'm like, well th- what was the animal doing? And I'm like, well his leg was forward when you shot it. It immediately goes back. And so then all of those things are the holes plugged, unplugged, plugged, mm-hmm. unplugged. I don't think people are getting that. So touch on that as well, Troy, when you're touching on this other stuff. I'll
1: give the I'll give the best mental picture I can. So just if you took two pieces of twelve inch square plywood and hold one still and slap the other one next to it. You have, in your right hand is the one, just imagine this in your right hand. It, it sits still. That's the, that's the thoracic wall where the ribs are. And then the one you slap to the front of it is the shoulder. Now slide them back and forth. Drill a hole in it with a drill, half inch wide or ground, and then start shaking that front board, Slide it back and forth, and tell me how often it lines up. Remember the shoulder goes up and down and back and forth.
0: Which is why you may not find blood every 10 to 15 yards cuz that's when they line up and people are and it can be longer than that. I think and people deer are have
1: it. well, all the ungulates with longer necks have their heads up. It's very common for me on pigs to have shoot them through the shoulder it goes about about 30 yards and all of a sudden they're bleeding out their nose because their heads are low, they can't pick their head up. And you'll find blood right in the trail. And it's coming out of their nose. It's not coming out of their sides
0: because it doesn't line up. Yeah. And it will occasionally. It just doesn't, it's not okay, consistent. Right, right. but it's not going to just,
1: most of the time it's not going to come pouring out. And then behind that, if you cut the aortic arch and the maximum blood pressure, it is spraying like a cut hose more likely to drive it out. Well, pure lung hits, the lungs are collapsing. They don't, they don't pop and disappear. They, they collapse internally. They're, they have superstructures in them. So it doesn't go from, it's not like popping a balloon. Yeah. But, but there is space created around that lung or lungs. And if the blood comes out and it can't get out, it goes down. It's just gravity.
0: This is so, one there, one, of, one of the reasons a frontal shot is good is nothing plugs the hole. That's why you get uh, so much blood. Really, that
1: tissue up front really likes to open up as well.
0: Yep, and so you it don't have to open up. shoulders and muscles covering it. That hole is literally a hole to drain. Now it's a drain
1: plug. The frontal shot or a, or a rear, you know, a rear facing, a, a quartering away hard shot that comes out in front of the shoulder blade, you know, shooting that shot backwards. Yep. Oh my God, I've had some great blood trails. Having that arrow exit basically through the neck, so low in the neck, right oh yeah, because it it wants to open up
0: it, it, in and when you when you're talking about the scenarios that Troy is, that doesn't matter if it's a cutthroat three blade, an iron wheel, a tough head, uh, a grizzly stick it, it It is hard to get those holes to line up, and the denser the animal yes, with the right. more layers of muscle mass right. Even harder, meaning like the oh, buffalo's yeah. got 17 freaking layers of muscle as you're pulling it apart. Yeah, right. right. I mean, that's mean, that would be a real really tough
1: animal want. to get to bleed on the ground because, and then when it gets out, it's going to get in his hair. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's, it's going to stop it.
0: The only blood Which we found find hit, was out, it out of it. takes a
1: lot of blood to soak that hair down.
0: Yeah, mouth and nose is what you're hoping for because the lungs are coming out there. They're not coming out the hole very often. Right.
1: And then you have, like I said, when you have this lung collapse, just in your head just think it only reduces maybe 25% in a perfect situation with the bilateral pneumothorax, Um, there's space created there, and then the blood that's in the lungs, say you hit some of the arteries that are in the lungs, it's going to want to go downhill first. Gravity's just going to grab it, plus they're running and bouncing, so it's just shaking the hell out of them, right? And it just makes blood trails very challenging to rely on. And like I said, the more I do this, the more I am aiming for the heart all the time. And I want him to go down so fast. I do, there's no blood trail. I just want them, I want them to go 45 yards and live and let live. It is what it is. But the big arteries up front are really lethal and really helps your recovery rates. 100%. The shots that they that are advocated you know, on a lot of the TV shows and stuff that are three inches behind the, decrease, you're really in a really poor circulation area for the lungs. They will collapse and it will kill them in a hundred yards. I got that. But from a physiologic standpoint, and I had cadavers and I learned how to keep people with holes in their lungs alive so I can reverse engineer the death part, the rear of the lungs is if you expect blood, is a poor place to shoot them. Don't, you'll get your if you watch them leave, you know their direction of travel. Just don't expect much. Just go get them. The,
0: the other know? issue can be, and this is common sense, but I'm going to say it, when people see the shots behind the shoulder, um, meaning pushing the, uh, between the 10-8 line on a broadside 3D target, that perspective changes depending upon where the onside leg is at, meaning if you're not really cognizant of the situation – and that front light, side leg's a little bit back, and you're looking at it like everyone else has shot. You have just pushed yourself in the diaphragm, liver, guts area. Hey,
1: man, it's 10.30. I got to go. I have to work. See you. You talking to us? <laughs> Sorry about that. No, you need to go? Yes, sir. I have real job. Got me.
0: No, man, I appreciate you coming on. No, no worries at all.
1: Have a great day. Cody, good talking to you. Yep, take care.
0: Cody, you still on? Yeah, I'm. On. Yeah, so we can finish some of this up. So yeah, we need to close this out in a cleaner way. Yeah, um, I think that uh, some of the things like Cody, we you know we we were talking about earlier this week from you know tips bending, hurting penetration. You know, obviously, you know, I've been a huge fan of three blades for a long time and two blades with bleeders. Um, You know, when people are setting up for their, their system, I am more, again, setting up a system that is going to be optimal for multiple different things, not optimal for the worst case scenario. Um, Right. And, you know, Troy's a little bit different on that. But again, if you are, um, I think you said it best, Cody, if, if, if you have spent more time saying, I wish I had more blood, you might want to shoot a little bit better, bigger broadhead, a little more cutting diameter.
2: Right. And actually Troy was a lot closer to to us than I thought he was. I mean that's he didn't take an extreme stance there, so it was good to get alignment there. Can we walk through we haven't we've kind of gone around it, but we haven't gone through the results of these points and what's making you say you like three blades more. Can can we go through that now so people can yeah. gain the benefit of that test?
0: Yeah, so the reason why I've always liked, you know, three blades, and I say always, I've shot a ton of broadheads. Um, I like, I, you know, I've had some bad issues with ferrules bending and tip curl. Um, that's, that's on two blades or three blades with needle points, things like that. And so one of the reasons, uh, Rocky mountain and I, we had reinforced the tip on that three blade and we made the convex, not the concave is it makes a larger wound channel in the potential and and the same thing with a tanto point on their two blade. Um, the, the tip bending tips, bending can well you saw it on cody's buffalo i shot it i won't mention the broad hit well i don't mind it it, it was no a, you can yeah it, one it, of them did really well yeah um yeah and it did good i shot at a fairly decent angle for this reason to see what would happen the scapula of the buffalo as it was dying it shot it the tip curled and it shot straight up the scapula and basically exited the top of the scapula because as and it go ahead
2: that tip curled just to, to be I'm holding that broadhead in my hand. You have you have nearly uh, almost exactly an eighth inch of curl. So it's not going anywhere after curls like that. It's a significant curl.
0: Yeah, that was a, a Zwicky and I'm I'm not bashing Zwicky because, you know, as we talked about, they have performed great um in testing. But again, I've shot that same angle um with a three blade and I don't get the tip curl. Now, I'm not saying I'm going to go through the scapula every time, but uh, I don't it doesn't shoot out the top of the shoulder because it's following that that scapula. So I, I'm a big fan of the three blades. I think they're they're probably overlooked more. Guys worry about penetration. They're very easy to sharpen. They're very durable. Uh, push force is not bad and they leave a big wound channel. So. Yeah, you know, I, I and as I say that I, I like the, the iron will system two blade with bleeders too, but um I you know, I, I, I when, as we're talking, generally I have an iron will and a, a Rocky Mountain three blade in my quiver. Uh that those are my yeah. two favorites.
2: So what we saw in total of the we'll talk about the other Zwickies. Two Zwickys were were shot into the into this Python. Yours was the shot you just described. Mine was uh, perfect broadside moving I mean, the animal was, the arm was moving, that whole shoulder assembly was moving, and the Zwicky eye shot into the scapula was the lowest impact into the scapula. To be fair, it was it was low, but that Zwicky, had, uh, and I posted a picture of it on Instagram, barely has any deformation in the tip, and its edge was still razor sharp, actually I cut my thumb uh, while cleaning the animal uh, on that one. It, it held its edge. Yours, you know, had that significantly bent tip, and it lost its edge, so... This is why I say don't, don't change your broadheads out on one experience, right? I mean, you, wanna, you, wanna get, you can get multiple results, but common sense tells you with a softer steel and with this needle, a thinner point, you're going to get that bend. 100% of the two blades shot into that uh, moving shoulder. First of all, nothing went through it. To your point, we did get two inches of penetration. But that moving shoulder, nothing's getting through there. This isn't my first bison. We've stood across from them before and shot uh, lower into that scapula with really high-end stuff. Nothing gets through through there. Um, all of the two blades bent. This is the VTA 150 grain, which has that needle point. For the first one that I, uh, that I shot, which was on arrow number seven, I had actually already shot that buck with, and the, the tip bent on that buck. So I modified this broadhead. I'm holding it in my head, and I brought that down to a tonto tip. A, a reasonably thick tonto tip, and it curled almost an eighth of an inch even into the supported barrel. The three blades that we shot into this animal had zero deformation. And some of the three blades were modded, where I modded them slightly for a pyramid, and some I left stock, which are our 150 grain uh, BPA three blades. And and none of those tips fit. And, and prior to this, I, I wasn't a fan of three blades at all. And I assumed that they would actually do worse, and they actually held together uh, much better. And when you say the push force isn't bad, the push force is outstanding until you get to the very base of the ferrule, and then it's pretty normal. The push force on Tonto tip two blades is actually pretty bad to get the tip through, and then it, and it, and it gets better, right? You're like shoving a small Phillips screwdriver through hide. Does that make sense,
0: Aaron? Yeah, it does. And I think that people need to understand the Tonto tip for a single bevel is there for so the tip doesn't curl. That that well, right. there's other reasons, but that helps for structural integrity of that tip. So, like, I've had guys mention to me they don't like the Tonto tip on a cutthroat, and I'm like, it's there for a reason. If I shot a single bevel, it would it would be a cutthroat. Um uh two blade, I've just I've had great luck with them. They don't leave as much blood, obviously, than a three blade. Uh, which is why they came out with a three-blade. But, um, you know, the same thing if you shoot a two-blade iron will without bleeders, the one with bleeders is going to bleed more, everything being equal. But, but it, it's, yeah. it's
2: it's the trade-off between push force, right? You're getting better push force with a three-blade tip than you are a two-blade tip, and you're getting a, a, a more re- reliable three-blade tip than you are a two-blade tip, even the Tonto.
0: Yeah. Well, and, which again, personal... You know, like overall, I would say penetration, you know, the, the cutthroat single bevel two blade is going to out penetrate uh, a three blade, everything being equal. Maybe the initial push force is uh, more right. with a Tanto. But once that gets through, you know, obviously totally less right. drag It's just common sense. Um, yeah. You know, the other thing that I think is Im- important as we're talking about this, you had the tips bending, the three blade performed very well. Um, flight. I, I had two, two arrows and an animal wh- hitting basically the same spot, one arrow flight. I plucked the hell out of the string. Um, and, and, and the, you know, we shot several animals and javelina while we we're down there. Um, and the penetration from bad arrow flight to good with basically the same, um, uh, impact was night and day difference, uh, double. Um, the next thing was like that annihilator, that annihilator is an amazing broadhead. Um, I recommend it to people. I like it. You have got to touch it up out of the package. I shot uh, an animal with it with the factory sharpened cut. Half the penetration I got, with, well, I zipped through with it being sharpened. I did not with the package sharpening. Now, not a big deal to touch those up, but, but I would say you, that, is, that would be a downside of that head. They have got to be touched up because the, the, you know they're just not shaving sharp out of the package.
2: What was the three-blade that had the expanded ferrule, Aaron? Expanded ferrule. What do you mean? In the back, it did, it did that, the worst. It that, was your worst.
0: That was the, the annihilator. Well, it that was the, the okay. worst, the dull one. The sharp one did fine. The dull one did really bad, we, meaning the one out of the package.
2: Right. So what's interesting to me is, is that the, the results in the live animal test um, match the push force results when I'm using like thin sperm and that always and I'm just going through this so people can look at a broadhead in a picture and determine if it's good or not and again we're picking at submetrics here that may not be meaningful statistically significant but ferrule seems to be the bigger uh, driver of push force not, not, uh, not really anything else if you have a big swollen ferrule or an immediate uh, square shoulder in the ferrule that's going to really drive a lot of push force requirements. And I think initial push force is is important because we see those longer three-to-one heads not do as well on moving targets as we do the shorter heads. Uh, maybe you want to touch on that. But that looking at a barrel that's tapered is um, is really going to be your preference. And when you look at a free blade, it makes sense because you only have blades. You're literally at two pounds of push force until you get to the very back 20% of the broadhead where that ferrule starts to come out and swell. Whereas, yeah, you know, yeah, some of the others catch it up front.
0: That feral, again, the trade-off, that feral is for structural integrity at the fulcrum point. So it's to, right. to, to beef that up as well. So, um, you know, and I, I think, you know, it seems we beat all these horses to death, but I'm amazed at the end of every podcast how many questions I get. Um, the, um, you know, I, I think that... Um, you're crazy to uh go to the extreme to try to get through a knuckle or a leg. I think that's you know, borderline absurd because um, you know, I don't wear a bodysuit when I drive to work with a helmet and shit because I could get hit. I put a seatbelt on. Happy medium, half the time I do. Um You don't put you don't put a seatbelt on. Sometimes. Shut up, Cody. Um you get the you get my point. And so with the the arrow and broadhead configuration is the same way. I think that you should cater to kind of the the all around scenario, meaning, you know, good speed, good weight, decent point weight, a very sharp, good flying, you know, broadhead, good flying arrow, um, because the chances of you actually going through the knuckle or going through the T of the scapula are, I don't know, less than one percent, probably less than that, you know, less than point one percent.
2: We ain't good, and that's I don't know that that's ever been said. What we when you listen to what's in our social media, they think they can get through it, and, and they can't. I was I was surprised by that. And the bow I was shooting was shooting bullet holes in paper. I confirmed my tune, fifty pound KB Widow, and I stood uh, farther than the distance I tuned. So these were um, shots that should have gone through, and I was really surprised that I didn't. Yeah. And I, <laughs> you know, I the last bison I killed two complete pass throughs and and you know when you're not shooting into the shoulder and then the third shot which was right behind the shoulder and he was moving it stops. So I mean very easy animal to take down if you hit it in the balloons. Right? But if you if you go up to that shoulder I get in trail.
0: Yeah, no for sure. Well man, do you got anything you want to add? We've been on for almost two hours here.
2: Uh, I just wanna plug YouTube because that's the only thing I've got going that's gonna, gonna support me. And we'll have the other push force information from this. I'm going to show push force before the bends and after the bends with these exact broadheads. And then I'll have an overall push force, um, comparison of broadheads for people to see where you can see me going through different media where I'm not just focusing on push force, but also edge retention and trying to help you make an optimal choice based on budget.
0: Gotcha. Well, cool. Well, it'll be good uh, to look at that, um, you know, data and, kind of what everybody finds, uh, or what, how everybody, I guess what people take out of that is what I'm trying to say. So, um, well, man, I appreciate uh, you hopping on here and, uh, it's fun hanging out this weekend. I tried to get, um, green or excuse me, Greenwood Perino and, uh, Scotty and Ryan on the podcast this morning. We had technical difficulties. So I have to do that a different day.
2: No, it was great. Uh, I appreciate the opportunity. It was, uh, it's fun. I always learn something.
0: Well, cool, man. We'll take it easy and I will talk to you soon enough. All right. Thanks a lot.